Welcome back, loyal listeners. I am McLean. I'm Adam. And one of us is always right. Today we're going to be getting excited and talking about some recent trailers. If you're new to the show, welcome. Uh, as the title suggests, Adam will be giving us his thoughts on the movie 21 Bridges, which I recommended last week. Uh, then Adam is going to be turn the tables and recommend two movies or TV shows that he thinks I might enjoy. I'll pick one of those to watch for next week. And finally, we will have a blast from the past. We talk about some gems, lost gems from previous years in movies and TV shows. Uh, so starting it off, let's get excited. Adam, what trailers excited you this week? Well, it's a Gerard Butler movie, and I'm going to say it right off the bat. This has a high potential for failure, but I'm excited, and I think it'll be good. It's Gerard Butler and Mike Coulter, um, which is, of course, Luke Cage, and we have not heard yet if he's making his reappearance uh, on Disney Plus yet, but this movie is called Plane. And uh, let me read the the movie info, a little review here from Rotten Tomatoes. In the white knuckle action movie plane, pilot Brody Torrance saves his passengers from a lightning strike by making a risky landing on a war-torn island, only to find that surviving the landing was just the beginning. When most of the passengers are taken hostage by dangerous rebels, the only person Torrance can count on for help is Louis Gasper an accused murderer who was being transported by the FBI. In order to rescue the passengers, Torrance will need Gaspar's help and will learn there's more to Gaspar than meets the eye. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, it's it's an action, um, I guess, thriller maybe, uh, but it looks like a lot of fun and yeah. plenty of risk in it. Um, I don't expect anything, you know, like giant great themes on this other than um, just a really good solid action buddy cop but they don't start off buddy cop movie yeah kind of uh who who to really trust yeah um, kind of bonding over a traumatic experience yeah uh, situation yeah. it's always nice to look um, forward to learning the wrong things about a geographical region like i believe that i can't they're on an island i want to say it's um it's somewhere in the philippines where is where they crash Sure, sure. So, All right. Well, I have questions about your take on Gerard Butler movies in general. But first, I want to okay. just talk about Mike, Mike Coulter. Yeah, yeah. I really loved his interpretation of of Luke Cage. I thought him in the first season of Jessica Jones was some of the highlights yes. of that really great series. 100%. I really liked the second season of Luke Cage. I know not everybody really enjoyed that, but uh you, you haven't watched the second season right oh i absolutely have so uh first season okay, Iron Fist, better than second season luke cage okay really yep hmm. well the the issue i have with with moving him forward in the mcu is that you basically have to delete that season of luke yes. cage so i don't think you can you can leave it spoilers for people that haven't watched it i think you you had enough time to do so but he's basically now the godfather of harlem Right is running the criminal organization as well yeah. as well. He it's he's sort running. of interesting. He's running the neighborhood. You get the impression that crime is still happening under his watch, but he's going to make sure that it's safe for for the people of Harlem. Maybe like yeah, like yeah, crime will still happen. I think, and but it might be safe crime, whatever that is. Um, but yeah, you you last see him in this in the uh, the booth of the club that all the other bad guys had occupied. And he's yeah. there in a suit with a painting on the wall, and he looks good in that suit. Yeah, he he yeah, he's an intimidating man for sure. Um, yeah, but yeah, he uh, Luke Cage season two that that kind of I don't know I I I didn't I didn't like that I like good guys I don't like bad guys I'm I'm, I'm pretty basic yeah yeah it does it does some interesting stuff uh, but I I liked the first season a little bit better yeah um, but now yeah. For, for and I like Jessica Jones more than all of yes, them. Yes, yeah, Jessica Jones was is yeah. Um, for the movie plane that he has coming out, it just says 2023. I don't have a full release date yet on that, so I'm excited. Yeah, I, for I assume season. early, early that, 2023. Yeah, that's what I would assume because we've got a trailer for it. So I'd say anytime in the next probably four or five months. Yeah, I don't think this movie is going to be thrown out during the summer movie season. I think you're going to try to get it in before. Yeah, it's probably a February. Maybe Valentine's Day. This will yeah. be a good Valentine's Day. Yeah, movie. exactly. So, so what what do you want to ask me about Gerard Butler's movies? What what is your favorite Gerard Butler movie, and oh, what was the last Gerard Butler movie that you thought was good? 
my favorite Gerard Butler movie. That's a challenge. There's, I think there's some good. I think the uh, the the down movies, the White House uh, or has fallen movies. Sorry, the the White House has fallen. The uh, Olympus has fallen. London has fallen, and Angel has fallen. I think those. Are, I think those are good movies. Um, but that's probably okay. because I don't expect much from them other than good action, lots of bullets flying, and uh, fun quips. Like that's. Like that's all I expected. I got it. I was satisfied and happy and enjoyable and I'll go back and watch it again. Um, sure. Sure. This might be an unpopular opinion, but I think my favorite might be geostorm. (laughs) Okay. It's okay. Well, it's it's a ridiculous movie, but I'm not above liking ridiculous things. And, um, it's, it's just, it's fun. And there's, there's a lot of characters going around and it's in space and it's not in space and there's satellites. Like it just, like I don't know, it's half Avengers, half um, a yeah. has fallen movie, like all at the same time, and there's government corruption. Right. And just I don't know. I have not yet seen Geostorm, oh, so okay. you're welcome to recommend it in a future week. I oh, have I listened to every like spoiler review of it though, in which they just rip it to shred. Oh yeah, <laughs> but, yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's far um, more far more entertaining to tear things apart than to say things are good. Sure. Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. It's true. Um, uh, I, I will. 300. I will, uh, sorry. Total mind. Like, 300 is the best. Yeah, I think 300 is probably some of his it, best work. It's he's his best work. Yeah. yeah. Um, I like some of the like silly rom-com stuff that he's mm-hmm. done as well. Like him and Catherine Heigl have had some really good chemistry. I don't. Is he the one in one for the two for the money or one for oh, the I money? I, I'm going to double check. But um. Yeah, he's he's pretty great. There's there's one with news reporter or soccer or something. They're, they're all pretty charming and, and sweet. Um, I really like him. I'll, I'll one up your Geostorm maybe. I really liked Gods of Egypt. I oh, think yes. it's really fun. I uh, uh, he's sort of just over the top at it. I don't know yeah. if he's really doing much, but just like uh, hogging the scenery. But that movie is just so interesting to me. Of just we're going to take all of the mythology involving your uh, Egyptian gods and it's just real. We're just going to say it's real. They're all twice the size of a normal man. They bleed right. gold. Yeah. So you can get away with just tons of gore because all the gods just have gold spilling yeah. out of them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we're going to have, uh, yeah, we're going to have Jeffrey rush just sitting on top of this giant boat in the sky shooting oh, lasers at a shadow demon that's trying to eat the sun yeah and it's just like that's just just silly just so silly. yeah i don't yeah it's so much fun i yeah, liked I, it i i think you have a chance uh, in it too oh that's good yeah great, yeah great movie i i, I would say I, I i agree i gods of egypt i think is a lot of fun but i think that yeah. um i think i might like geostorm a little better but okay. i think i like gerard butler in gods of egypt better okay um, he's because I think he's like he's the villain in it, and he does I think a, a really good job of doing that villain. And I totally yeah. I, I spaced on three hundred. I apologize. I am uh, that's unusual for me. But um, he's also great in the dragon movies. Oh yeah, that's right. He's the dad he's, in dragon. Uh, uh, dragons. How to train your uh, dragon? How to, how to train your dragon? Yeah, he's how to train father. your dragon too. Stoic the vast. He is yeah. really really good the, in that most scottish viking you've ever heard oh just, yeah 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 charming um it is so so unbelievably accurate <laughs> yeah but no um he he was really really good now and i think those are some some of the best um animated movies ever made um if i'm being honest so yeah, but yeah so that's that's gerard butler i mean he's made some definitely some bad ones but um there's some good ones in there too i don't think you have to look all that far for him yeah, um, a special call out for P.S. I Love You. Anyone that's mm-hmm. a big fan of that? Yep. Because I love his voiceover in that movie. Um, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, okay, so a trailer that I uh, have been wanting to talk about for a little while. Uh, I saw the first trailer and it was interesting, but not astounding. They just released the second trailer maybe last week, and that is Avatar The Way of Water. Yeah. Uh, I liked the first avatar i've seen it maybe three times total it's not something that's blown me away but it's it's definitely good 
and this other one just looks amazing. I am actually really excited to see what James Cameron has done. Uh, uh, he's been working on this movie for forever now, and he's yeah. I don't know. He's been trying to work on like four movies at once, uh, which I think was like a bet that he took with somebody of like, <laughs> <laughs> how much can uh, you manage know, at one time? Peter, Peter Jackson made three movies at one time, and he's like, I could do four. Yeah, Peter Jackson didn't make three movies at one time. I mean, he did, but he didn't. Like, like yeah, he made one movie and cut it into thirds. Um, well, yeah. they were filming it simultaneously, right? Like right. they would film pieces for the last movie while they were still working on the other stuff. But yeah, it's uh, it's I don't know. It looks amazing. I mean, I don't think anyone can argue that Avatar uh, doesn't look astonishing for the the special effects and and characters and. They, the Navi just look real. I, you never question that they're real characters in this world. And the the way Way of Water seems to to be setting up the characters and the, the family dynamic of it, too. It's not just this romance between uh, Jake Sully and, oh, gosh, Zoe oh. Saldana. I'll just call her that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's not just about the romance, but it's also now their parents and they're they're trying to raise their children in this really, you know, crazy world and their resources are being shot after. And it seems that the bad guy from one is now has an avatar body and he's oh, going to be Lord. a more, even, even more like daunting villain. I don't know. Yeah. Be cool. He's a, uh, he was my least favorite part of that movie. Uh, oh, yeah. I think it was the actor, not the character. I just hmm. didn't really get along with, um, I'm not getting along with, but I could, I, I, that role seemed really forced. I think the way he acted it. Um, and I, and I like avatar a lot. It felt like there was a lot going on, almost like Cameron didn't know if he was going to get a sequel. And so it yeah. felt like a lot was crammed in to it. Like almost like he was trying to take a, um, uh, like a Ridley Scott approach and just give us this long drawn out thing, but action sure. in bright colors. And, I, I don't know. It just felt a little, it feels a little long to me sometimes. Um, yeah. But it's a little long. This, this new one though, does look outstanding. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I think it looks like, Oh man, I, I cannot wait to see it. Yeah. I feel like with the first one and you go back and you look at some of the CGI effects and like the way they have like realistic water flowing past them in this river. And it's like very subtle. But if you, if you, if you're not thinking about it, you won't even notice it. Right. But then you realize like, oh, that's a CGI character interacting with CGI water. And you realize, oh, they're, that's perfect. But it's so small. It's yeah. it's not really even like noticeable. This one, they're like, well, we figured out how to do that. So we're just going to go huge with it now. And right. it's going to be big. <laughs> and yeah. there's no way you're going to be able to miss that this this is, you know, what's going on. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty excited. Could be cool. So, yeah, I think it's going to be a blast. Um, yeah. Know, super anxious. I don't, I am a little worried about the fact that there's like four more of these coming down the pipeline. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be that attached to the characters for that long, but I, I don't know. Yeah, James Cameron has done amazing, amazing movies. So I, you can never really count them out. No, I, my, my curiosity is: Does that mean that are are, are we going to get interstellar travel from the Navi all of a sudden, like that? Like, like I'm just trying to figure out how do we get four movies out of this? Four more? Yeah, he had it's just a lot. I think he had a plan of like the first one was about the tree, and this one is about the water, and the next one is about I don't know, is Aang going to show wind up or fire or something? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, so. He's definitely got a plan. Yeah. We'll see. Which is nice. Um, yeah. Pretty excited. Yeah. Uh, what else? Uh, so uh, those are our get excited. Those are the trailers that we are pumped for. Uh, Adam is pumped for The Plane, the Gerard Butler movie. Yeah, which does uh, have a release pumped. date, January 27th. Sorry. Yep. Seems like a January movie. <laughs> yep. Uh, and then Avatar The Way of Water, which I think is Christmas this year, right? I yes, I believe so. It's right around there. Christmas is a Sunday, so 23rd, maybe? Uh, the 16th, actually, a little 16th. bit before Christmas. Yeah. So December 16th, uh, 2022, Avatar The Way of Water. 
three hours and 10 minute runtime. I will not be able to watch this movie without going to the bathroom. I, I found that this also happened when watching Titanic. There's just so much water around that you just have to go pee at some point. I am not afflicted with that problem, thankfully. But a three-hour Avatar movie, that's um, yeah. that's some bold writing right there um, with four more yeah. coming. That's really bold, I think. Uh, so, and I And this is coming from the guy who loves a long movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that later on. But yeah. this uh, – yeah. Uh-huh. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I I have faith in James Cameron. That's what I'm going to say. I I trust that he can get us through. Um, this is the way. But we'll see. Yeah. What one of us will be right. Yeah. Um, so you so should. those are our, our let's get excited. Uh, Adam, let's let's move into your reaction to the movie Twenty One Bridges that I recommended last week. What did you think of this movie? Well, I am not upset that I watched it. Put it that okay. way. Uh, I enjoyed it. Um, I think that um, I think everyone should watch it. Uh, what got me, what what it reminded me of, there was this old movie from the '90s um, called uh, Nego- "The Negotiator" yep. with Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Kevin Spacey before he went off the rails. And yep. um, this reminded me a lot of that, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was a good thing to be reminded of because that was a really excellent movie. Um, Chadwick Boseman in it is fantastic. Um, yep. and just a real quick recap. Uh, McLean challenged me with two Chadwick Boseman la- movies last week. And so this is the one I chose. The other one was uh, Ma Rainey's um, Black Bottom. Black Bottom. And so uh, went with 21 Bridges released in 2019. Um, I enjoyed it. The plot twists were a little obvious for me. Um, yeah, so this movie, uh, the the advertisements for this movie basically give away the okay. first twist of the movie. So that that first twist that the uh, spoilers for everybody that, yep. that's listening. Here's your warning. Here's your here's your warning. This is this, the chance. It's only an hour and forty minutes. You could pause and come back. Yeah. Uh, the the first twist of the movie that the cops are the bad guys mm-hmm. is pretty much in the trailers almost okay and it's really never hidden it's really more about him figuring it out and then i think the two twists in the movie the first one is is the um is his like partner for the for the movie is she in on it as well and he confirms that with the phone right and then the second twist or the the second real twist of the movie is uh the fact that he is not a He's not someone who goes after cop killers. He cares about drug dealers. And that's who his like main anger is towards. The fact that the people who killed his father, he doesn't blame them. He blames the people that sold drugs to them and made them so high they didn't even know what they were doing. Yeah. So the movie starts off with – at, at his father's funeral and you see what happened you see the whole police force out to to honor him and all that kind of stuff. And you find out later in the movie that – he was beaten so badly they had to have a closed casket for his father. And so he's, you know, he's got a personal, and this was when he was, uh, young, probably 10 or so. Um, 13, no, I think they say he's 12 or 13. Cause there's a line in there where the priest says like, you don't know this, but your father has in the last 13 years has taught you more than, um, you know, most men get in their whole lives or something. So um, that's how the movie starts, and then we roll into him at you know talking to internal affairs, and uh, they're questioning him again on a shoot. He's got a reputation for um, shooting people. Uh, I think it's nine and ten years or eight and ten years, which is quite a lot. Yep. Um, and they ask him if he feels bad about it, and he says nope. Um, and then we cut to a robbery where two guys are trying to steal uh, some cocaine and sell it and make money. The uh, the the trouble runs into that they're stealing from cops and some cops show up and so they kill all the cops that show up because these are former Marines. And then the chase across Manhattan ensues, which causes Chadwick Boseman to make the call to shut down the 21 bridges that lead and lead on and off the Island. And so that's how we get the name. I'm bugged by the name. The, the name is a little, yeah, it's a terrible name, terrible name. It's, like it's really bad. If you're going to name it that you got to incorporate bridges a lot more into your, into your movie. And they didn't. Um, yeah. But, uh, that's, that's you like lock it down or something like yeah. that. Or, yeah. Yeah. 
Locked. Yeah, exactly. And so, and that's where he's assigned this partner just for this one case, because she's from the same precinct as the guys that were killed and she's narcotics and she knows drugs. He's just a homicide. Anyway, it's, um, it's a good movie. It's uh it's pretty fast paced. Um, yeah. I didn't, uh, it's listed at an hour 40, an hour 39. It didn't feel like that. It felt a little shorter. Um, which yeah. was I good at the pacing of it was good. The writing for the most part was good. I think what made it so obvious to me and why I didn't like it was that it was, it like it was clearly unintentionally obvious. Like I figured out that she was, um, in on it a lot earlier than him touching the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't remember exactly when, I think it was when they're at the, um, at the bar after the, the two cops find the guy who had nothing to do with the police killing and they kill him and yeah. try to set yeah. it up. Yeah. I, I think it was right about there that I realized, Oh, she's in on this too. Um, yeah. Cause she gets the call from LMSI. Yeah. Uh, which is the cameras in lower Manhattan. Yep. Uh, and you, you see that he misses a call and then she immediately gets a call and it's yeah. kind of obvious that she's talking to them. And then she's like, Oh, I was just talking to my nanny. And you're yeah. like, mm. And he says, is everything all right? She says, no, but it is what it is or whatever. Um, so I think it like, I think they either needed to be more subtle about it or be a little bit more open with it and bring some more tension in. Yeah. That, that's, that's, that's the only part that really kind of just fell for, fell flat for me was that it was, it was this ambiguity of the obviousness. Like we can all tell, I would have liked to have either not been able to tell and truly been surprised at the end. Like I see dead people or um, make it more obvious and bring in a little bit more tension between them. Um, yeah. And that would what have, what did you think of the, what I consider the second twist, which is the, he hates drug, drug dealers. Yeah. Which, I don't, that's what got it for me. What made yeah. this movie like kind of that one, one notch above. Yeah, I don't know that I'd call it a full-on twist, but it was definitely emotionally rewarding. Yeah, um, and 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 definitely like that that helped lift it into um, better than just good, but not great territory. Yeah. Um, yep. Um, and so like that, like I, I I liked it. I liked that he you know um, was associating blame, and I'm not a big fan of associating blame, but he was pointing it more in the right direction. Um, yeah. And so that I like that and I like that he's, you know, that much longer still thinking about his dad and trying to honor him and, you know, trying, he's, he's a good guy. He's trying to make a change and he's trying to yeah. affect change in the world, which um, I think we all should as much as we can in a positive way. Um, so what did you think of, uh, let's call him the villain for the, for the movie, JK Simmons. Um, he has that, that sort of mustache, mustache twirling speech at the end. And yes. I, I don't know. I really liked it. I almost kind of, I see the problems that he had mm-hmm. and I was almost kind of there with him. And then I love Chadwick Boseman's line of like, yeah, drugs are always going to be there. And yes, people are always going to die, but that blood cannot be on the badge. Yeah. I like that oh, a lot. So good. I, I like that a lot. I think uh, JK Simmons, like in most things he does was excellent. He's, he's a committed yep. dude and does a really good job. Um, I thought his little, mustache twisting moment at the end was, was good. And, um, and I don't know about needed. I get it was, it was needed, but they very well could have easily done the, the action movie is over. We're going to, we're going to, um, zoom out to see the, the good guy walking away and roll credits. Um, yeah, they easily could have done that and they didn't. And they gave us more and kind of finalized things. And that was nice. Yeah. Um, we still get our, he's a good guy pan out shot, but, um, yeah, it was it was really good. Um JK yeah, Simmons he's gonna, um he delivered it well. He he um you could almost see him uh work like it looks like he's processing a side of the argument that he hasn't heard before. And so you you see his conviction for his point of view and for why he's doing what he's doing, but you also see a little bit of conflict come in and I think he does a great job with that. It kind of comes in and then goes right back away. And he's back to being a bad guy shooting guns at. Another. Yeah. I think there's also a point where he, he's been shot. Yep. And, uh, he's, he knows that like the end is pretty close and Chadwick gives him another chance. Yes. Like even after all of that, even after three more, the guy who's known for killing is giving him a chance. Yes. 
is like, I still could let you live. And you can see J.K. Simmons just like, uh, uh mm-hmm. maybe no, that, can't do it. And that I think whole, that's what, yeah. what sort of those those two performances for me are what elevate this movie yes. from just like a good fun, you know, uh, action uh, action movie to being more of a dramatic um, take on an, on an action story. genre. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was having characters. Yeah, having yeah. exactly having having some depth. It was that that whole scene from when um uh after so they're in J.K. Simmons um kitchen and you know they're 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 verbally attacking each other and then the other cops that are selling drugs show up and there's a quick firefight and um Chadwick Boseman deals with them and then it's just J.K. Simmons left and that whole moment that that exchange between them i loved i loved the tension yeah. i loved the filming of it i thought it was really really good yeah so, um it's a it, yeah. if you if you haven't seen 21 bridges go see it it is it, you're not it's not a waste of time it's a really good really good movie um it's got a lot for a lot of people yeah um let's talk a little bit about the 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 other quote unquote villains of the movie the the thieves did you yeah. like their sort of bond together? Did you believe that they were people that that kind of knew each other already? I like the little quip they have at the beginning where he mm-hmm. asks, like, does your mask smell like your beard? And he's like, yeah. it smells like your girl. Yeah. And I was like, OK, these guys, I can tell from just that that these aren't just like two goons on a job. These are two guys that know each other that, that found this job at the same time. Yeah, so. I think. um I liked them. I think the need for um, the for um, I can't remember his name, but one of them is a young is a had an older brother die in the war. Yeah, I think I think the need for that to happen wasn't necessary. Sure, like, the, the story writers need to have that. I don't think it was necessary. I think this could have just been two guys that served together as well, and you know, yeah. one one was the protector and one was the smart guy. And like, like, I think, yeah. I think if it was that, it would have been enough. Um, and so they, uh, now we don't get much into their story, especially early on. We get into it a little later. Um, but really we only know it because they find, um, um, an acquaintance, um, of theirs that, that knows who it is. And so, yeah, that's how we get that. And we get a little backstory there, but they did, yeah. a, they, I liked- they had really good chemistry. Yeah. I thought they did a good job. I, I kind of, I believed their relationship and when they had to like split up at the end, mm-hmm. uh, you could kind of see the tension, uh, between, um, Stephen James, I think does a really fantastic job as, as Michael and yeah. kind of knowing that like, Oh, he's sacrificing himself here for me. And I have to try to take this opportunity to get up, get out of here. Um, I liked that. Um, I thought Taylor Kish was really good. He seemed he was very good, very menacing and unpredictable, and you didn't really know what was going to happen with them. So, yep. Uh, um, I like that they their instincts when they see three hundred uh, pounds of cocaine instead of thirty. They're just like, we should get out of here. And then the other guy's right. just like, uh, no, no, we got to do this. <laughs> we got to yeah. get more. Yeah, I do think. I do think one of the weaknesses of the movie is that they spell things out a little bit too much. Yes. Uh, there's a great, great little scene at the beginning where the guy checks his watch when they're robbing the place. And then it's like, oh, OK, this guy knows that there's a pickup coming. Uh, and we as the audience pick up on that. And then later in the movie, they even they, they just repeat it. They're like. It wasn't a silent alarm. The guy checked his watch. Right. And it's nice to know that Stephen also picked that, that Michael also picked up on it. But we, as the audience, feel like that a lot of those things were kind of spoon fed to us. Yes. I, uh, agree. I do really like uh, the way that Sienna Miller's character, uh, Frankie and uh, Chadwick Boseman's character, Andre, I liked them working together to, to whittle down where the drugs were. Right. I liked that they were obviously people who knew the field. They mm-hmm. knew the area. And they knew like the ins and outs of the system. And you could see them work through and knock off places and be like, well, I can't be here because it's just, you know, golfers and and mistresses in this area. Right. 
they can't be here because there's no one that can deal with that much cocaine at, at you know at one time. Uh, you know, New, New Jer- uh, Sopranos is just a TV show. There's no one in New yeah. Jersey that does this much uh, yeah. stuff. So it was great to watch them like whittle them down and figure out it's Manhattan, and then boom, they get the camera shown go to Manhattan, and they get sort of like found out. So. Yeah, Sienna Miller did a really good job. I think, like, I really liked the the chemistry between Stephen James and Taylor Kitsch. They were the bad guys, um, ish. Um, but I think that I th- the chemistry between Chadwick and Sienna was fine. But I think there me- needed to be more tension between them. Um, hmm. Okay. And that would have that would have drawn me in a little bit more. Like, and so I think that would have been a little bit more gratifying than knowing that Stephen James was the younger brother of an older brother who was a friend of Taylor Kitsch's character who died in the war. Yeah. Like I just, I don't know. And it was only an yeah. hour, I also, hour 39, which is really an hour and a half movie when you take into credits. So, I mean, it could have been, there was more time. I think that they, they had more time to, yeah. to cause we, we know we can get I, away if you do it well with the two hour action movie. That's nothing like John wicks are almost all two hours. Um, yeah. I think we could have had one more scene with uh, Andre and Frankie where she saves him from a situation mm-hmm. and she like proves herself a little bit more. Yes. Uh, that would have been kind of cool. I did really like the scene uh, where they're questioning the girl and she's like, Oh, that doesn't bother me. And so she figures out, Oh, he was cheating on you. And she goes, who's Becky with the good hair. And that's, that's a, I think it's a Beyonce reference. I, I apologize yes. to We're not anyway, Beyonce, screaming at their phone, but I believe it's a, it's a reference to um, someone stepping out on you with Becky with the good hair. So um, yeah, uh, I liked that, that scene. Um, and I thought that that showed that she was also like pretty smart and pretty on it. She yeah. was a good detective as well. They um, both had a, and JK um, Simmons even says like later, like, I think she's as good as you. Um, right. Yeah. They both had a, almost like a, um, a Sherlock Holmes quality about them, but like a Sherlock that can shoot. Yeah. Um, and which uh, I didn't mind. Yeah. So I thought it was good. And, and I, yeah, the, I don't know if one of them was supposed to be more Watsony, but they definitely both felt like two Sherlock's. Uh, I think there's a comedy bit where two, two famous actors decide they're going to play Sherlock Holmes, but yeah. neither one of them wants to be Watson. So they switch places between each I, scene. This is not confusing <laughs> so. at all. <laughs> yeah which you know not not confusing anybody yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah no i i thought it was good uh i don't think it will blow the doors off uh of anything i i know but i do think that it got a little bit it got kicked a little bit uh-huh. by some of the critics i was reading some of the reviews that people had for it and they were basically like this cast is phenomenal this movie should be better than it is and it's like but, i mean you have to look at it as it is. Right. But you can't just be like, oh, this movie's a seven out of ten, but it really should be a nine. So I'm gonna say it's a five. That's yeah. not fair. <laughs> I I think this movie is pretty is pretty good. It's got some flaws, but the performances in it, I think, really elevate it to a point where it's it's worth watching and 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 very enjoyable. Yeah, I I 100% agree. Uh, I'm reading some of these reviews right now, and I'm going to read one real quick from Clarice uh, Loffrey. I apologize if I get it wrong. She's from the Independent UK. Um, And she says, the problem with 21 Bridges is that it wants to take a stance, but seems entirely unsure what that stance should be. Um, The stance was pretty clearly anti-drugs. Yeah. Um, If you didn't get that, then... Well, anti-corruption, too. Anti-corruption, yeah, exactly. Like, it was... was, um, there are some pretty clear stances and um, I don't know how you could get there, but anyway. Yeah. Um, so that's 21 bridges. Really, really, really solid movie. Um, if you haven't seen it, you're going to want to see it because you should feel bad if you haven't seen it. So there you go. All right. Well, we both agreed on this one. So yes. obviously that means this is the right opinion to have. Right. Cause um, this is a double, double bonus. They're both right. <laughs> yeah. All right. And you got some recommendations for me? I do. So we're going to move right along to um, to what to what I'm going to challenge McLean with this week. So um, uh, listeners will probably know this already, but we're going to reinforce it again. I love period pieces. I love um, not even, not necessarily historical dramas, but I love um, 
seeing old stuff. I think it's fun. I think it's uh, great because there's a lot of room for interpretation. So I am going to be offering two movies to McLean today um, that are both from the olden, ye olden times. Um, the first one is The King, starring Timothy Chalamet. So um, this is on Netflix and uh, the tomato meter gives it 71% and the audience scores 83%. This movie um, is, it's like the briefest synopsis ever. Young Henry V encounters deceit, war, and treachery after becoming king of England in the 15th century. There you go. (laughs) That's your synopsis of the movie. Um, It, uh, what I like about this movie is that it's uh, it's an action movie, but also more a drama and takes its time. It uh, really dives into um, the the uh, the intricacies, I guess, of a royal family from that time of a of a king who has multiple sons. Um, they're all princes, but you know one of them's kind of a screw up and doesn't really want the crown um, gets passed over for it. And he's fine with that. But then his brother goes to war and he's like, no, you can't go to war. Cause you're my younger brother. I'm going to do it instead. Um, so the, it's, there's a lot that goes into this movie um, and the emotional toll uh, is written by one of the stars, Joel Edgerton. This movie does star real uh-huh. quick. Timothy Chalamet, Ben Mendelsohn, Joel Edgerton, Robert Pattinson, um, Sean Harris is in it. He's really good in this. Um, Lily Rose Depp and uh, Tomasin McKenzie is also in this. We yeah. talked about her way back on last night in the Toho episode. Yep. So um, if you like knights, if you like kings, princes, queens, princesses, um, big battles with people in uh, clunky armor, then this is the perfect movie for you. This focuses a lot on, uh, so it's 15th century, so the 1400s, um, on the Battle of Agincourt, I believe, um, huh? is one of the key points of this movie and what happens because of it and trying to secure England from um, French invasion type of stuff. Okay. And you know, how, um, I, I love Joel Edgerton. Yep. Uh, how prominent is he in the film? Because he's like, 90th on this call sheet but it looks like it might be more uh <laughs> alphabetical or like first appearance than so i would say uh-huh. that there's very few in this that get a ton of screen time besides timothy chalamet okay uh, like he he for sure dominates all of the screen time um this is very much a movie that follows him um He's called, and they call him Hal, but it's Henry the Fifth. Um, Joel Edgerton is like his best friend. Okay. Um, Falstaff. He plays Falstaff, yeah. Falstaff, which is one of the guys of the thing. Uh, Robert Pattinson pay, plays the Dauphine of France. Um, and I hope all the listeners are laughing at me trying to say um, words. Dauphine. Um, yeah, Dauphine. Uh, yeah. The Archbishop of Canterbury. I can say that. That's Henry Havel. So it's a. Joel Edgerton's in this affair, but you, if you like Joel Edgerton, then you're going to like him in this movie. He's yeah. almost, um, do you remember Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger and, um, guy that's in a bunch of stuff. I can never remember his name. Yes. Um, but the, the best, the bigger best friend, not the, okay. not the one who's goofy. Um, but the one who's kind of more serious, um, okay. Joel Edgerton. And not Jarvis. Yeah, no, yeah. Not Jarvis. Joel Edgerton kind of has that role in this movie. Um, uh yeah i cannot remember his name either uh we're gonna get laughing at us as well and i will say that he is uh uh the main baratheon in (laughs) game of thrones yeah he's robert baratheon Baratheon, Um, uh what uh mark addy okay yeah we got there yeah yeah not alan tudyk all right mark addy so that's the king. Um, two hours, 20 minutes, and um, it can feel like that. I don't mind that. I like that feeling. I kind of like uh, that. Uh, you know, it's, I like letting a movie soak in. So um, longer run times really don't bother me. Um, yeah. This is not nearly as slow as Godless, though. So okay. it, does, it does have a point and, For, does, and does move along. Yeah. For those at home, this is, uh, this is one of those movies that off air Adam has been recommending to me. Uh, probably since it came out in 2019 <laughs> this is and true. I've just never gotten around to see it. And this is 
probably one of the movies that is the reason the podcast is set up the way that it is because <laughs> yep. we are constantly recommending things to each other and then not following through to watch them. So, uh, yeah, I, I've had this on, on my to watch list for a while. Uh, looks interesting. Yeah. So I'm going to read uh, one review real quick from Brad Newsom, the Sydney Morning Herald. He says, almost everything about the King works brilliantly from the casting, not least Robert Pattinson as a deliciously detestable Dauphine to the generally cracking script by um, Michaud and Edgerton. I'm sure I mispronounced Michaud. It's M-I-C-H-O with an accent of some sort and a D. Um, But yeah, it's, uh, this is really good. It's not Braveheart. Um, So don't think that when we get battles, we're going to have thousands of men running at each other. It's not that. Um, This is a few hundred on each side. So I think it's a little more, um, you know, you can go on YouTube and see those like uh, current day swordsmen reacts to film sword battles Uh or whatever. Right. This is one that kind of generally ranks higher in the accuracy in some of those reaction videos I've seen. Um, Not a hundred percent. I'm not, I'm not naive, but it definitely, um, it, it it takes a stab at trying to be a little more accurate. Cool. Yeah. So uh, that's the king. Any any more questions on that before we move on to number two? No. What's your next one? Throw the next one is one that you actually texted me about this week, and um, they kind of they kind of go together. Um, they're both period pieces, but the last duel. Oh no! This is gonna be tough. Okay, throw it at me. Yep. <laughs> Last duel. So, um, tomato meter, uh, 85% audience score, 81%. This one is two and a half hours long. Um, and right off the bat, I will say this one does feel a little longer. Um, but the movie info, the synopsis, the last duel is a cinematic and thought provoking drama set in the midst of the hundred years war that explores the ubiquitous powers of men, the frailty of justice and the strength and courage of one woman willing to stand alone in the service of truth. Based on actual events, the film unravels long-held assumptions about France's last sanctioned duel between Jean de Carouges and Jacques Legree, two friends turned bitter rivals. Carouge is a respected knight known for his bravery and skill on the battlefield. Legree is a Norman squire whose intelligence and eloquence make him one of the most – sorry, show more uh, – admired nobles in court. When Carouge's wife, Marc, Marguerite is viciously assaulted by Legree, a charge he denies. She refuses to stay silent, stepping forward to accuse her attacker, attacker, an act of bravery and defiance that puts her life in jeopardy. The unsung trial by combat, a grueling duel to the death, places the fate of all fate of all there, all three in God's hands. I can read, I promise. Um, so there's some difficult issues to you don't there's there's some dis, difficult issues with women in this one that you don't see, but it happens that you have to, this movie is about that. So you have to yeah. kind of be, you know, mentally ready to tackle that, I guess, or at least, um, have it in your, in front of you. You don't see anything. Um, but it's, it still leaves, a, leaves, leaves a mark on you. I would say. Yeah. Um, this movie stars, uh, Matt Damon, Adam driver and Jody, um, C- Comer as the and Ben Affleck as the four kind of main characters that we see. Um, what you get in this movie is basically three tellings of the story. Yeah. So you, okay. you've got this intro to the movie where things are happening. You see relationships build. You get these three tellings of the stories, one from the husband, one from the wife, one from the accused, and then you get this ending to it. Um, and so it's a really, I think, interesting setup that way. Um, and allows for a lot of um, a lot of character depth for everybody um, because you're seeing perceptions kind of yeah throughout, and so the actors are forced to kind of change their character a little bit based on those perceptions, which makes it, I think, a really, really, um, really textured, deep movie to watch. So. Um, the last duel, like I said, last sanctioned, last sanctioned duel in France. I don't remember um, when this is set or when that happens um, in like real life, but I want to say like the 1600s was the last sure. one. Um, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's um, it's got stellar acting all the way around. Ben Affleck is um, like you look at. 
you watch a trailer, you go, oh, Ben Affleck, he's playing some crazy king he, or prince. He can't do this. He's fantastic at it. Um, I I, uh, I remember the first trailer for this movie when it came out. And yeah. then we're talking about it at work and talking to my uh, coworkers of being like, this movie looks terrible. What is Ben Affleck's hair? Yeah. Why did they do that? And I feel like this movie, like one of the reasons this movie did as bad as it did is that they tried to go with the more period accurate yes. hairstyles for some of the characters. And we, we talked about this in our godless review about the hats, right? Mm-hmm. Getting like thrown off the movie because the hats were too modern. Yeah. I feel like this is the movie that proves that I'm don't know anything of what I'm talking about because when you <laughs> actually try to do more historically accurate things, it throws people off too much. And yeah. Uh, who directed the last duel? Uh, I believe it was David Mouchaud. Um, no, it's, uh, no, no, it's Ridley sorry. Scott. It's Ridley Scott. Yeah. This is a, yes, I'm sorry. I totally meant to, to bring that up earlier. This is, you can't watch this and go, Oh, who made this? It's clearly a Ridley Scott movie. Yeah. Um, this has the, the, all the trappings and all the hallmarks of a Ridley Scott movie. Um, it's, a, it's, you know, Ridley Scott makes some great movies. This is, I think, yeah, great action too. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one of his um, one of his best, and I was really really anxious for it to come out. Um, if we had been doing the cast the podcast at the time, this would have made my um, my get excited easily. Um, oh my gosh, this is so tough. You brought two <laughs> really difficult movies this time. Yeah. Um, these I, I I think these are both very good. Real quick on the last duel. Um, so this was. So duels happened long afterwards because obviously we know like one of our one of our founding fathers was shot and killed in a duel in the 1800s. Um, so duels were still happening. Alexander. This is the last, yeah, Alexander Hamilton, by the way, um, the uh, by Amber. This is the last like where the duel serves as a court decision. Okay. So that's that's kind of what they mean by last sanctioned duel is that the loser, like if the husband dies in this duel she's killed too for yeah. being a liar, you know? So it's, yeah, it's this is those, like guy of Thrones uh, of trial by combat. Yes. Just get Jamie Lannister to fight for you every time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That that's a hundred percent what this is. And it did take place, um, in around December 1389, um, 86, 1386. So there you go from a long time ago. So All right. Are those are your choices. I, the last duel or the king. Yeah. So for me, this comes down to the cast. Mm-hmm. Tiffany Chalamet and Joel Edgerton versus Adam Driver and Ridley Scott. I don't know the director as well for the king. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just kind of have to go off of who I do know. And I I don't think I've been let down by an Adam Driver or Ridley Scott movie ever, except for none of the star Wars let you down. I I, I was not going to speak of that movie. (laughs) Just saying, Um, but that's not his fault. Some of the best moments in that movie, but uh, I'm just looking at Adam drivers, uh, Mm -hmm. IMDB right now and the report and Logan lucky and last Jedi black Klansman Mm -hmm. uh, marriage story, all sticking out at me of just like, fantastic oh he's in what if ah jeez so good so good uh oh he's in midnight special wow yeah yeah all right i gotta go with i gotta go with my boy adam driver here last last duel um i'm gonna go last duel yep perfect well i am so that's what we're gonna talk about next week i'm gonna watch the last duel and uh we're gonna talk about it and i will let you know if I agree with Adam, but no matter what, one of us is always right. So, all right. Yeah, there you go. So, um, we're going to move it right along to Blast from the Past. Yep. Uh, so, we decided for our Blast from the Past, we're going to try to stick with the rule that we're going to try to look at older things at least 10 years old yeah and uh we're gonna just go ahead and since we've been talking about sort of each decade we're gonna just go with 2012 10 years ago uh from from the time that we're recording this 
and talk about the year 2012. And to start things off, we're just going to talk about the Dark Knight and the Avengers, uh, because that's what everyone who talks about 2012 is going to talk about. Yeah. And then we're going to maybe give you some uh, some less um, mainstream opinions and, and some ideas as well. But first of all, Adam, what is your favorite of the two, the Avengers or the Dark Knight? Go. So real quick, the Dark Knight Rises. Oh, is it the Dark Knight Rises? Is 2012? Is it? I thought it was the Dark yep. Knight. Nope, Dark Knight Rises. Okay. Dark Knight Rises. Um, so, you're right. If, if between those two, what's my favorite? Dark Knight Rises. Like, um, okay. Like, the Avengers was great and all, but I felt very. Um, the first Avengers and even a little bit of Age of, Age of Ultron feels campy to me. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's. I Like, when, when someone says, oh man, Avengers is so great, I'm thinking. Yeah, Infinity War, Endgame, fantastic. Age of Ultron, really, really, really good. Avengers, eh, it did its job and did it well, and it set up the relationships and set up the franchise to continue yep. on and do what it's doing today. But taken as a whole in the list of like the quality of Marvel movies, I don't know that it's in the top half. Um, yeah. Just just because, I mean um, – and I think that I think that's a little bit of who um, Joss Joss Whedon is. I think he's got a little camp to him. I mean, oh yeah, and it's, it's so I just that's it just comes through. Um, Dark Knight Rises. I think um, I think this is an unpopular opinion. I'm going to get yelled at. First of all, this iteration of Batman not my favorite. Okay, like, like the dark like Batman Begins, Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises, not my favorite Batman. Um, okay. Uh, Keith Ledger. What is your favorite Batman? Uh, it's Keaton or Affleck right now. Sure. But okay. Pat, Pattinson, if he, if he brings out another movie doing what he just did, um, he might be not number one really quick. Sure. Um, but uh, the I didn't like Joker in The Dark Knight. Sure. I loved Heath Ledger as it, like I loved him and his acting was stellar, but I didn't like that version of the Joker. So Dark Knight yeah. Rises. Um, I find better than the dark Knight. I think it's got a little bit better pace to it. I think the, um, the, uh, the, what am I trying to say? The, the weight, what's at risk is greater stakes. Yeah. 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 The stakes. That's it. Thank you. The stakes are greater. Um, uh, Anne Hathaway's in it and I think she does a great Catwoman. Um, yep. and so that for me is, uh, the best of those three and it's maybe a close tie with batman begins um but yeah dark knight I, uh, you i agree with you on a lot of your points and i think that you have come to the wrong conclusion uh, <laughs> <laughs> about and about the batman I, series or about dark knight about avengers. the difference between avengers and, and dark uh dark knight rises uh, okay. that one of them is more camp and yeah. is more fun and does play a lot more with the the genre that it's supposed to be representing. And that's why the other one falls down a little bit in my rankings. Gotcha. Um, I think that it's dark Knight rises has some really great scenes, but the overall story gets a little bit muddled. Absolutely. And it's a little bit, it's trying to be a little bit too serious. I actually think that Christian Bale is probably my favorite bat. Like, oh, no, I... sorry, not my favorite Batman. Okay. Christian Bale is my favorite Bruce Wayne. Um, for a lot of it. Uh, I think he does a great job. My favorite my favorite scene from him is in The Dark Knight, not The Dark Knight Rises, yeah, where yeah. he is walking. The His party has just been hijacked by people, mm -hmm. and he has to go transform into the suit and take them out. So he's walking down the hall at a brisk pace, sees the bad guy, doesn't stop, and just in one motion takes him out, knocks him out, and... Un, 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 uh, takes the gun apart, throws it aside. Yeah, that he doesn't need guns, and just keeps moving. Doesn't doesn't stop his stride for a second. Well, he moving, and it, it's the first time you see actual Bruce since he's gotten back from Gotham. His mm -hmm. Bruce Wayne has been this facade. Uh, even even to us, right. uh, we hardly ever see him as his true self, which is. Batman without the mask on, basically. Right. Um, so it's it's really great. I like 
Uh, I really like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's sort of like mystery solving in Dark Knight Rises. Uh, I like Gary Oldman's character uh, playing Commissioner Gordon. I think he's probably one of my favorite Commissioner Gordons. Yeah. Uh, and there, there's just a lot to like in the the movie. It has a few small um, kind of holes in it that get a little bit, yeah, kind of get in its way. But Avengers, on the other hand, I think is almost perfect. It mm. it does this fantastic job of setting up all of these characters. Joss Whedon really knows how to work with an ensemble cast and try to give them almost all of them equal screen time or at least equal cool stuff to do. I do think it Iron Man, Robert Downey Jr.'s kind of charisma sort of pushes him as like the lead of the movie in some ways. But I think everyone has their moment to shine in the movie. And being able to juggle that many characters, some of which are reintroductions, some of which are full introductions, uh, and have them work together cohesively as a team mm-hmm. is really, really a great accomplishment. Uh, you can kind of see in Justice League where he tried to sort of repeat a lot of the beats from Avengers and it doesn't work for that team. And it's like, well, why do they fail in this first mission they did? Well, because they fail in the Avengers. So they just, we have to do that here so that they can, you know, join together as a team later. And it's like, yeah, but that doesn't make any sense here. (laughs) It doesn't make sense for this team. Right. Uh, So I think some of the, some of the reason that Age of Ultron and Justice League didn't, didn't do as well is because Avengers did so well at what it was doing that he just tried to repeat that a couple more times um, and people kind of caught on to the, to the scheme. So um, yeah, I think, uh, I think the camp is appropriate. I even like the star spangled outfit that Captain America wears for part of it. It makes sense in that movie that Coulson would design that suit as this like comic book fan of a superhero. So yeah, I think that movie works extremely well. I also like that one of my favorite characters, Hawkeye, gets to really show off because he is the one who gets mind controlled at the beginning. Yep. And so he he kind of gets to show that like he can kind of almost take down all of Shield if he really wanted to, um, with just an arrow, you know, a couple a USB arrow. <laughs> so yeah, there's some really cool scenes for him. Um, I think it's got probably one of the best lines in the MCU, which is uh, Mark Ruffalo saying, I'm always angry and then just transform, punch the giant whale monster. And yeah, so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's also, I probably watch this movie, I don't know, 20 or 30 times a year. I like to watch Marvel movies when I go to sleep. And so I know the beginning of this movie inside and out. Yeah. It's, um, it's yeah, I don't I don't know. It's just it's there's just something there that makes it um it's it's just it still feels like a beginning to me. I think like when I saw it, I had a different if you if you'd talked to me the moment after the movie or two weeks after the movie or a year after the movie, I would have had a different take on it than I do now. Like it wouldn't it didn't feel campy then. It only yeah. to me feels campy now um because of what that universe has done since. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's where I'm just like, oh man, Civil War was so different, and that's like an Avengers 2.5. Um, yeah, it like that's not a huge time difference, and so I just like that's where I'm just like, eh, on the Avengers and the Dark Knight just wrapped it up. I didn't like all of the Dark Knight Rises. Um, obviously, I didn't like Joseph Gordon-Levitt being Robin. Like that was just weird. Yeah, that was weird. Uh, and, and I liked him as a police officer, though. I yeah, I liked him as a police officer. I liked him as I would have liked the underground him, and stuff like, like that. So I would have liked him as a Dick Grayson and Robin if we had like had a like actual thing, but not as a cop. Like, uh, no. I mean, he was an orphan at least, I guess. But I don't know. It was yeah. It was it was a little bit bonkers. So, but yeah, those are the two biggies of of 2012. This is the first time that we haven't started this segment with like this was such a great year for movies. Um, this was a great year for movies. There, there was some good some, stuff in there. I don't know. I call it a great year, but there was definitely some good stuff in there um, that, you know, go, we got J- the Jack Reacher's act of valor pitch. Perfect. Amazing. Spider-Man came out the uh, Andy, uh, Andrew Garfield, Spider-Man. Um, yeah. First one of those came out. Uh, we had a great James Bond movie. So, I mean, there's some good stuff in there. 
But I'm yeah, not- there's actually a couple in here that I'm going to uh, put aside for future episode recommendations. Yep. Uh, this was kind of a year where uh, we were sort of settling down as, um, uh, yeah, this was a year where we didn't see everything. <laughs> we only saw a few right. uh, bits and pieces. So I think we we had a couple that at least one of us missed. Um, but I was gonna so so that's that's kind of the, some of the smaller ones that I didn't recommend here. Uh, there is a movie that came out this year that was not filmed for this year. It was actually filmed several several years beforehand and got shelved because no one knew what to do with it or how to market it or how to sell this movie. And I think they failed when they decided to release it anyway, but uh, it's called the cabin in the woods. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to tell you anything about the movie. I will recommend that you go see it. Don't, don't look into it. (laughs) Don't, don't try (laughs) to like find any trailers or marketing because they ruin the movie. Uh, Just watch it. It's fun. It's very interesting. So here's the story behind this movie. It's a Joss Whedon script that got uh, turned into the movie. Chris Hemsworth is one of the stars of the movie. And I really think they made it and went, who is this? How do we make a trailer that doesn't ruin the movie? And they went, I don't know. And they just put it on a shelf. And then when Avengers got announced, they're like, hey, Joss Whedon is making a movie with Chris Hemsworth. Do we have any Joss Whedon, Chris Hemsworth properties? And they went, hey, we have this. We have Cabin in the Woods. We can we can just release this. This is great. And then they made a trailer that completely spoils the movie. And people are like, that looks weird and dumb. I don't want to see this. And yeah, that was that was it. <laughs> great, great job, guys. Uh, so stellar cast, great script, great story. Don't don't look into it. Just trust me. Watch it. If you if you've liked any of the other movies that I've recommended in the like uh, Ready or Not or um, Last Night in Soho, mm-hmm. you will also like this. It's not just a straight up horror movie, um, even though it sometimes looks like it might be. So that's my recommendation for 2012 Blast from the Past Cabin in the Woods. Don't look into it. <laughs> just watch it. So I'm, I'm really interested to hear uh, if you do you've never heard of it before and you are just watching off my recommendation email us at one of us is always right at gmail.com and let me know what your thoughts were i'm very interested to hear what what people are are taking away from it so yeah yeah but your other blast from the past yeah so uh my last one just real quick uh just because 2012 was a banner chris evans year uh, or Chris, not Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth avengers um cabin in the woods and then he also did a remake of red dawn um, That's another movie that was also filmed way before yep. and went through a ton of production like issues. Shows. The bad guys were changed. Yep. Uh, it was at one point it was supposed to be China was supposed to be the bad guys, which makes a lot more sense for Red Dawn. Um, and then because uh, it's the it's supposed to be the communists again, but not Russia this time. Right. Um, and then they just changed to North Korea because uh, at the time we had just like signed new trade deals with China so they couldn't make it China. So there's a ton of CGI in that movie. Oh yeah. It's just copying over Chinese flags with North Korean flags. Yeah. Um, Um, But it's fun. Another movie that sat on the shelves and got released because Chris Hemsworth was a huge star in 2012. Yeah. And so, yeah, exactly. And so there's little fun things, but my, my actual blast of the past, uh, what I want to bring up is uh, the Lorax. So going a little off script for us, Picking a family-oriented animation um, based off of a Dr. Seuss book, um, which is always impressive to me that anybody could take a book of 20 pages and make it a a full-length feature film. But uh, The Lorax is a great movie. I remember watching this with my nieces on, like, repeat whenever we were babysitting or whenever we were doing family functions, and it was just on repeat watching The Lorax over and over again. It was a musical, so I liked it, and it was just a lot of fun. But um, it's about this little orange dude that pops up um, after a forest has been deforested. So the whole point of this is, you know, respect nature. Um, yeah. Take care of what's around you kind of a thing. Um, and it'll take care of you kind of motif. And it's very, very good. But the Lorax 2012, um, if you've got kids, if you are a kid, 
this is one of the movies where we say it's okay to watch. Some of the other movies, most of the movies we've said today, not okay to watch yet. This one you can watch. Uh, yeah, don't watch Cabin in the Woods with your kids. Yep. Don't watch The Last Duel. No. Um, but uh, this is a this is a fun family, quick, easy hour and a half movie to um, to get through. Um, you'll have laughs. You'll sing silly songs. You'll um, you'll enjoy it. It's put uh, produced by Illumination, which is the same folks as um, the Middle Me. Um, and yeah. Um, yeah, those um, Despicable Me. So yeah, it's a uh, yeah, the Lorax 2012. Or just want to go off a little bit there, and not yeah, bring, like a James it, Bond movie or something. <laughs> it's yeah, perfect. Uh, I think it's good to to give you know different recommendations for for all groups of people that are listening. So yeah, fantastic. All right, well those are the recommendations for our blast from the past. Go check those out. Um, you can reach us if you have comments or suggestions or recommendations. You can reach us at one of us is always right at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yes. And we are going to be watching The Last Duel uh, and talking about it next week. Do you have anything else? I got nothing else. All right. Bye, guys. Bye.